We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I told you so. I told you that the Democrats and the progressive left were just waiting for a heat wave, just waiting for a drought so that they could scream, the sky is falling, we must stop using fossil fuels. Immediately, we can't drill for oil, we can't use natural gas, we can't use coal to power our power plants. But have you ever wondered, where are we going to get our electricity, by the way? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening into the show. Today's topic is an article from the Western Journal that was published yesterday, July 20th, 2022. The headline for the article is this, Democrats beg Biden to halt all new drilling as gas prices soar. White House says it's on the table. Now that's the headline, as I said, to this article. And I'm going to use this as a as a foundation for a discussion that's going to tie this lunacy of the left of calling to shut down all energy production, essentially. Oh, you say, well, there's solar and there's wind power. Well, solar and wind power doesn't even come close to providing what we need to power our, our energy grid, to give us the electricity that the left so cherishes as our, as our source of powering automobiles and as our source of energy for our homes. Yeah, but where does that electricity come from? What is the fuel that we use for the power plants that produce that electricity? Is it, uh, is it solar? Well, a very small percentage. Is it, is it wind? Uh, a very small percentage. Is it nuclear? Well, the left wants to shut down our nuclear plants. Those are bad. Uh, is, is it natural gas, the cleanest source of energy that is plentiful in our country right now? No, you can't use natural gas. Can't use that because that's a fossil fuel. And we can't drill for more. We can't drill for more fossil fuels, oil, natural gas. We can't do that. That's evil. That's wrong. The earth is dying. The sky is falling. We've got a drought. There's a heat wave. And man caused it all. Human beings are the responsible, responsible ones here. We are at fault. And as Eric Pianca said a few years ago, we are a blight on the earth. And we need a 90% reduction in the human population if we're going to save the, the earth from this crisis. That's where we are right now. And this is tied into what I've talked about in earlier shows, the last couple shows to be more specific. Shows on farming and the value of farming and why it's important for us to understand what it means to our freedoms, to our individual liberty, to, to go back and read Cicero and Virgil and Homer and Hesiod and Thomas Jefferson and John Jay and James Madison and Alexander Hamilton, all of whom cited the small farmer as the foundation for a free society. 
as the, as the pretext for our individual liberties, as the family unit, the cultural unit, the political unit that actually made it possible for a country to prosper. Oh, yes, that's true. You know, you, you look at the small farmer and you think, well, that's just somebody who has chosen that as a lifestyle. Um, oh, Michael Bloomberg said that these people that farm, all they need to do is dig a hole in the ground and drop a seed in it and cover it up with dirt and maybe apply a little water. And that's the old economy. The new economy is for the smart folks, those folks that live in New York City and Washington, D.C., those smart folks that have never gotten their hands dirty doing anything. These smart folks are the oligarchs, the kings and queens of the new economy. And, and we, these smart folks, they say, we know what's best. And we know that we've got to shut down the farms because they're producing too many cattle. And cattle, well, they pass gas, you know, and therefore they increase global warming through their flatulence. They actually are making this claim. This is crazy nuts. And, oh, we can't allow people to use the fertilizers that are proven to make farms productive and the pesticides that actually have resulted in us having enough food, food in surplus, not only for our own nation, but to export it around the world and feed other people. No, we're going to go organic. And, well, Sri Lanka, it didn't work down there, but uh, they just didn't do it right. Yeah, they shut down their entire economy. They destroyed the local farms. They've got starvation right now in Sri Lanka. And the people have risen up in protest, in revolution, and run the prime minister out of the nation. And he's now in exile, hiding in the Maldives. Oh, well, just because that happened in Sri Lanka when they shut down farming by their virtuous adherence to AOC's Green New Deal organic farming requirements. Oh, just because it destroyed everything down there and put people in starvation and ruined their economy. Oh, that won't happen here. We'll do it right in the United States because we're smarter than those stupid folks in Sri Lanka. That's essentially what they're saying. So you have Danish farmers who are losing their cattle because of the power brokers in the European Union and in their own parliament. People that have never put their rear end in the seat of a tractor, but enjoy their seats of power in their glass towers. These folks are telling Danish farmers that they can't, they can't have as many cows as they have right now. They have to slaughter tens and hundreds of thousands of them to, you know, make the world a better place. And, oh, by the way, we have the Sri Lankan government proudly boasting that they've gone 100% organic farming. Oh, it doesn't matter that we've destroyed farmers in the process and that our food prices have skyrocketed and people can't afford food and they can't even find it any longer. And we've got to import grain right now when we used to export it. Oh, that doesn't matter. Because, you know, it's good, for the, it's good for the environment. And now we have these idiots here in Washington, D.C., who are calling to stop drilling for any new oil, any new natural gas here in the United States, because we're in the middle of a drought and there's a heat wave, and you know, you know that we caused it, don't you? It doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter that history has shown over and over again that the environment does change. It is cyclical. You have times of flood and you have times of drought. Read the Bible. (laughs) You might go back to the story of Joseph in Egypt and how there was a famine in the land because of a drought. Oh, this took place, you know, what was it, uh, 2,500, 3,000 years ago? Um, Oh, what about the Dust Bowl here in the United States? Nobody was claiming that that was the result of global warming. Do you think that if we had one once that we might have one again? Well, these, these people have just been waiting. I would argue they've been hoping for another Dust Bowl, another massive drought, another situation where they could claim, uh-oh, uh-oh, you know why this is happening? It's happening because of global warming and climate change. We've got to shut down the use of fossil fuels. We don't care. We don't care if tractors can't run any longer, if farmers can't afford or can't even find fuel to buy, even if they could afford it. We don't care because it's good for the environment. It's good for the earth. This is a necessary transition, an admirable transition for us. I mean, this is where they are right now. They don't care about human dignity. They don't care about human identity. They don't care about human freedom and liberty. They're essentially anti-human. They're worshiping Mother Earth as they disparage men and women. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. When I get back, I'll start out with this story from the Western Journal, and I might tie it in to some of the commentary from Virgil, Homer, the Hesiod, Thomas Jefferson, J. Adams, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and others who extolled the virtues of farming, personal responsibility for your land, rather than allowing these people that have never gotten their hands dirty doing anything, control your vine and your fig tree, your gate, your property, your farm. Because when we allow these oligarchs and elitists to do so, when we allow Washington, D.C. to take control of the local farm, of private property, freedom is lost. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So back to this story from the, uh, the Western Journal. Uh, July 20th, 2022. It's written by Michael Austin. Again, the headline is, Democrats beg Biden to halt all new drilling as gas prices soar. And the White House says that this apparently is on the table. Here's what the story says. Several Democratic lawmakers are urging President Biden to take drastic steps to combat climate change, even at the cost of exacerbating already skyrocketing gas prices. Despite a lack of oil supply contributing to the high cost of our gasoline, of what we're paying to put fuel in our cars and our trucks and our tractors, one such plan would involve declaring a national climate emergency, allowing Biden to halt all new oil drilling on federal lands and waters. Here are two senators who are calling for this. Senator... Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island and Jeff Merkley of Oregon want Biden to invoke a national climate emergency as well as a 
suite of other moves like regulating greenhouse gas emissions from power plants, formally establishing a dollar estimate of the climate damages caused by fossil fuel projects, and imposing a tax on imports from nations that lack aggressive climate policies. This is reported by the New York Times. The president is considering it, according to his spokeswoman. Uh, This woman can't communicate her way out of a paper bag, I might add. She's the communications director for the White House. Uh, My goodness, this is, I'm not even going to read her quotes. Um, But she acknowledges that the president and the Democrats are considering these. Now, thank the Lord we have Joe Manchin, who's rejected including any legislation on climate change in a reconciliation bill with Democrats that they're trying to pass this month. Manchin said political headlines are of no value to the millions of Americans struggling to afford groceries and gas as inflation soars to 9.1%. Senator Manchin believes it's time for leaders to put political agendas aside and reevaluate and adjust to the economic realities the country faces to avoid taking steps that add fuel to the inflation fire. That's coming from Manchin's office. Um, So, Here's where we are. We have a party that's calling to stop, eliminate, eliminate all drilling, all drilling for new gas reserves and oil reserves in the United States. Now, I want to remind you, uh, I come from Bartlesville, Oklahoma. That's where I served as a university president for nearly two decades. I sat in many presentations by the ConocoPhillips and the Phillips 66 chief executives who would come to town to brief the Chamber of Commerce and the local community on the health and viability of that particular company. Again, Phillips 66, ConocoPhillips. Why? Because ConocoPhillips has a major operation in Bartlesville. In fact, Phillips 66 was founded in Bartlesville and operated as an independent company up until 2001, 2002, if I remember correctly, when it merged with Conoco, it became ConocoPhillips at the time. But the company, which has since then even gone through further evolution in terms of its autonomy from the uh, from one another, in terms of the two companies, won't belabor that right now. But the company, the companies, have major operations in Bartlesville still. So because there are so many employees in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, in the research center, and as well as the IT and other executive offices in this, uh, uh, in this energy company, uh, we were privileged to have key leaders of the company come and make presentations on an annual basis. What's my point? Why am I belaboring that? I, I repeatedly sat through presentations that made it clear that the United States of America has a 100-year supply of natural gas in our reserves right now that we know of. We know of. We could fuel the entire nation, our automobile fleet, our trucks, our ships, our electric, uh, our, 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 um, our power plants that produce our electricity. We could fuel everything for 100 years. Through our own reserves, we wouldn't have to import anything from anyone else. We wouldn't have to rely on our enemies to give us fuel. We wouldn't have to send our president over to Saudi Arabia begging for them to release more fossil fuels for us to use because we're too self-righteous to drill for our own. Does this make any sense? In whose world does this possibly make sense? Why is Saudi Arabia's 
oil and natural gas better than our own? Why is it good to buy it from them to fuel our economy, to put gasoline in our cars and our trucks and our tractors? Why is it good to use oil and natural gas that's coming from one of our enemies? Oh, you might say, well, they're friends. Really? You really think Saudi Arabia is a friend? Do you really think anybody over there is our friend? Do they have our best interests at heart? And even if they were friendly to us, why is it better to go over there and beg them to sell us more when we have our own right here in the United States that we could exploit? This makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. And in the meantime, we're watching fuel prices skyrocket here in the United States. I, 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 I was privileged to have my neighbor, Ernest Blum, call me up one day, and he said, you want to ride with me on my tractor while we do a little work out in the fields? This was earlier in the spring. They were cultivating the field, preparing it for planting. And this is a relatively large operation, so they have these big tractors. So I went out there, and I hopped on one of these big tractors. You know, the kind of tractor that actually has uh, tank tracks rather than tires? It's that big. Uh, And I hopped up in that tractor with Ernest, and we took off across the field. And I was fascinated with um, the operation of this vehicle. This is just one aspect of what it takes to farm the land, to till the soil, to produce food for you and me to eat. We're driving across the field, and this tractor is actually navigated by GPS to keep the, the, the rows, the furrows, straight as they go across these large fields. And as I'm looking at the computer screen in the tractor, Ernest points over to a given number. And the number is moving quite aggressively. And I said, what's that? Because it said 28 point something, if I remember correctly. 28 point something. And the number was moving up and down. It might have said 28.1, and then it would move to 28.5, and it would move to 28.6, and then it would give you an average. What was that number, I asked. And he said, That's the number of gallons per hour that we're burning to run this tractor. It's not the miles per gallon that are being measured. It's the gallons per hour that are being consumed by the tractor to cultivate the soil, to plant the seeds, to give you food. 28 point something gallons per hour. Now stop and think about that. When we're dinking around with the cost of fuel, and when Democrats are saying shut down any exploitation, any drilling for more of our own, send our president begging to Russia, to Saudi Arabia, to China, send send our president over there to beg for more fuel, to Iran and Iraq. That's a great idea, isn't it? We'll, We'll get fuel from them to run our tractors. Because we need to bite the bullet, and we need to transition from fossil fuels anyway. I've got a newsflash for you, if you buy into this argument at all. You can't run that big tractor on a windmill. It's not going to work. There's no technology out there that says it's going to work. You can't run that big tractor on solar. There's nothing out there that says you can do that. Even Elon Musk has not created these monster tractors that will actually work in plowing your field, in planting the seeds, in cultivating the soil, in reaping the harvest. No, there's nothing out there right now that would allow you to do any of that 
with wind, solar, with any batteries, nothing. You can't do that. The only way our farmers can operate is with, is with diesel and gasoline-powered engines. And there's no, there's nothing in the future, in the foreseeable future, that's going to change that. And likewise, do you think you can power a battleship with solar or with wind? No, you can't. Can you fly an airplane with solar or wind? No, you can't. So our national defense is dependent on what? Fossil fuels, drilling for our own oil and natural gas. And by the way, if you really buy into this, electric power is cleaner and better. That's what we need to do. We just need to transition from gasoline-powered automobiles and tractors and trucks, and we need to go electric. Okay, what do you plug those vehicles in to to charge them at night? Do you just plug them into the air? Do you expect to, expect to extract electricity out of thin air? You plug those vehicles into an outlet, and that outlet is connected to what? It's connected to an energy source, and that energy source is the local power plant. And what do you think presently fuels that power plant? It's coal or natural gas. That's the source of your electricity, unless you live next to some sort of Hoover Dam where it's generated through hydro, or if you live next to a nuclear power plant. You might get your electricity from that. But both of those sources are being disparaged by these idiots that are trying to shut down oil production because these dams need to be torn down because they compromise the environment. You know that, don't you? And nuclear power is bad, too, because we could have a Chernobyl or something like that. I mean, what do they want? What do they want? And as, as I said at the introduction to the show, they've been waiting for a drought. They've been waiting for a heat wave. Things that have been part of the, the story of the history of humanity. We know in recorded history that there have been stories of drought, stories of famine. I mean, read, this, read the biblical narrative. Read the Bible, if for no other reason, to see that there's evidence that there is climate change. Yes, it's called weather. It's called weather patterns. And to pretend that man is causing this change and ignore the lessons of history and the lessons of science, ignore that. When you ignore that, you're going to, you're going to suffer some problems. Oh, should we pollute the earth? Should we pollute our air? No, no. But we should also recognize that human freedom presupposes private property and personal res responsibility for the land you own. And when the government starts trying to control your land and the resources on your land and underneath the surface of your land, when they start trying to control that because they know better than you, when those government officials have never gotten their fingernails dirty doing anything, they've never gotten in Ernest Blum's tractor, they don't know what he does for a living, they don't know what it takes to run that business. They don't understand that they're not going to eat in their posh restaurants if you don't have the Blums and other ranchers and farmers here in Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, 
Arkansas, Texas, if you don't have people that are actually doing the work of food production, you're not going to be able to survive even though you pretend that all is well in Washington, D.C. and New York City and Brussels and Paris or wherever else you live or even in Tulsa or Oklahoma City for that matter. These are the type of stupid ideas that are coming out of the cultural elite, where they're actually talking openly right now in the midst of 9% inflation, where we're paying five bucks a gallon for gasoline. They're telling us, well, that's okay. That's okay that you pay that for gasoline. Do you realize the Heritage Foundation just reported that the, the impact that this economy is having on the average family right now in the United States is about $6,800 per year, $3,400 per working adult. That's what people are suffering right now because of inflation. That's what it's costing you because we were stupid enough to elect people that would try to impose these poorly reasoned, arrogant, elitist ideas on all of the rest of us. 9.1% inflation is costing you money. It's taxing you. That's exactly what it is. It's a covert tax. They're taxing you about $6,800 extra a year right now. You're paying it when you pull up to the gas station. You're paying that tax when you go to the grocery store and buy food. You're paying that tax when you mow your lawn. That's what's going on right now. And the reason is, these Democrats are disconnected from reality. The reality of having to make a living by working the local farm, working on the land, and understanding what it takes to get an attractor, to pay for the fuel, to, to buy the fertilizer, to buy the seed, take the risks, enjoying the freedom therein that comes with that lifestyle. But understanding that with freedom comes risk. And you accept that responsibility. Farmers understand this. Ranchers understand this. They've been taught the lessons of personal responsibility, personal culpability, the virtue that it takes to take these risks, recognizing that it's all worth it because they live a life that's substantially more free, a life with more dignity than these boneheads that are now trying to tell them how to live their lives and whether or not they can or cannot even exploit the resources of their own property. The sky is falling, the sky is falling, cry the Democrats and the progressives. There's a heat wave, there's a drought, there's climate change, there's global warming. We need to shut down all oil production, all drilling for new fossil fuels. Yeah, that'll solve the problem, won't it? What are we going to eat? Maybe if they would just do a little reading and recognize. Number one, there have been droughts before and heat waves before. Number two, the way to solve these problems is to release people, to give them the freedom and liberty to improve their land rather than having a bunch of people that have never never done anything other than sit in their glass towers telling all the rest of us how to live our lives and what 
what's this this is all for our own good this nonsense is just what we need to do to save the planet i'm dr everett piper and this is the rebellion